Okay, so this is a different show because it's not my show. It's actually Ashley Kenroy's show. Confidence in Coffee is coming your way to the Fit and Faith podcast today. And we're so excited to share this duly dropped show. This is part one of the two-part series. So make sure you jump in to learn more about Ashley with her in the hot seat next. This show was so fun. I truly feel like I was just cozied up with my coffee and getting to know someone new. And by the time episode two, part two was done for the Fit and Faith podcast, yeah, we're like besties. It's it's inseparable. It's a non-negotiable. She's stuck with me for life now. And it was so rich. And you're going to hear the richness. You're going to feel the presence of the Lord simply in prayer. I mean, whew, so much, so much, so fast. Get ready to go deep. Get ready to go in de- dive into the dirty of my story that you may or may not know. And if you don't, well, just know that there is grace that abounds and we are all always becoming. So hashtag no shame. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Uh, listen, my beautiful friends, I am here with my friend Tamara, uh, and she is phenomenal. We just want to have a conversation together. Uh, she is an author, a podcast host, and she is all over social media. She is just contagious. And what I describe and what she is, is just joyful. She makes everyone around her smile. Um, and I was like, you know what, we're just going to press the record button and just continue to have this, a really great conversation that we're having and, uh, the chemistry and the connection that we have. But, um, Tamara knows that I want to pray and she's going to join me in praying with you guys, um, just to receive what you're supposed to in this conversation, uh, and that it also brings you joy, uh, and value to your life and confidence. Yes. (laughs) All the above. Let's do it. So I'm going to do a little something, something a little different, Tamara. Um, well, it's not that different. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I would love for you to just really start us off in prayer. Is that okay? Because I'd I love just, to, I just, I'd be feel, honored. I just feel really good about this conversation. I feel like it's, it's going to be super impactful. Um, and it's the message that God gave you. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. would you, let's do it. Yeah, let's okay. do it. God, we just come to you so much gratitude. We just come to you with excitement and anticipation, Lord, that we are able to come together through the airwaves of the world that yeah. have been created and sustained by you and through you, Lord, that we get to spread your good news, to spread your joy, and to do so in the neighborhoods and the homes and the houses and the nations that are going to be listening to this, God. And so I just pray blessing. I pray blessing over Ashley and everything that is connected to her ministry and the way 
that she serves. I pray over this podcast that it would continue to just be amplified and that more and more people would come to know you through it. God, I thank you for this specific time that it's been preordained and sustained by you, that you are the alpha and the omega to our Mm. conversations, to our relationships and to the kingdom, God. And so we just thank you that we get to be connected as sisters. We get to be authentically us and that that authenticity is a representation to who you are. And I just hope that it calls other women into their own vulnerability, into their own testimony and to stand on top of it without shame and to stand in their joy every single day, no matter what their every single day currently looks like, whether it's in a valley or whether it's on a mountaintop, God, we know that you are there. And so we just praise you for that. And we thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was so beautiful. And um, I'm not like a weird person, but I definitely feel the presence of the Lord. Um, So I am in love with you. It's really funny because before Ashley got on TikTok and decided to make reels, um, we were following each other. Yep. So it's just like, we have like this little bit of like this intimacy of watching each other grow and uh, publish books and all the things, which I'm not there yet. So I just want to sponge into her and just be like, what's going to happen? I have no idea. Um, (laughs) But that's the cool part about it, right? Because no one is anywhere. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you're this far ahead or you've done this differentiating element. But what's really cool is like the way that God created your mission to unfold is uniquely designed to you. And that allows me as a sister to celebrate you and to not have that era of competition, right? And to say, let's do it, Lord. Like, let's do it together because- I can't touch everyone. There's 7 billion people in the world. And so we've got all these influencers. We've got all these people who are like, oh, I've got this many followers or I just had 1 million views. And like at the end of the day, I've been in Isaiah 6 this week. And if you actually look to the Great Commission of Isaiah and when he says, here I am, send me, the Lord actually sends him into a place of unfollow me. He literally is pushing people out of the, the land of milk and honey and saying, everyone's got to go because God's got to do a new thing. And Uh so when we're in this space, even though we're sharing our faith and there might be followership and there might be people who are into it, there's a lot of people who are unfollowing us. And I want to celebrate those people just as much as I want to celebrate the person who's right next to me in my community. Yeah. I, I, this is why I love her. I I, (laughs) honestly, like, and you touched on something really great. It is, it is not about competition, right? The reality is, is God calls us. It's not competition. It's calling. And we're all, we all have a purpose in that. And the power that is available when we can celebrate each other is phenomenal. It honestly makes me emotional because, um, I do a little, like, I'm not like a labely person, but, um, have you heard, you've heard of the Enneagram or whatever? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a three. I am too. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Okay. So I have like, I'm not threatened by anybody. I don't even know like that concept. Like if I want to be like somebody, I'm admit like, man, if I could just be like her and it not really cause any bitterness or resentment. Right. Um, And so just to see you always brings like a smile to my face. Um, And the book, the, and you're writing another book, which we just talked about, by the way, it's called the joyful entrepreneur. It's coming out um, in November. Yeah. It'll be out in October actually. So it's out when this show is live and then we're having our book launch party in November. So 
super fun. And it, we look to it as a resource as much as it is just like a fun read. There's 20 other authors that are a part of it who are all operating in joy as entrepreneurs. And that's like so rare that those words don't generally go together. We think of hustle hard. We think of grind. We think of overwhelm. We think of the busy. We think of maybe entrepreneurship from a, a glorified perspective when it's actually, I think, some of the most like... um hits the most chasm elements of life because it is hard work and we don't want to create a masked identity to entrepreneurship by saying that we're joyful entrepreneurs we want to be raw and real and tell you about the testimonies that are connected to us being in joy because mine from my book which you can read all the grimy details uh it's it's hard and it came from a place of where i felt like and was also suicidal but felt like dying Oh my gosh. I, I, I relate, but I also can't imagine in that, like what that is like in the transparency in that. And so do you talk a little bit about that? Like in your book now? I do. I mean, I do. Yeah. So always becoming is the other book and the title kind of gives a lot of it away, which is sex, shame, and love. Love is the capital. Love is the cursive for all the reasons that is our father in heaven who came and redeemed those areas of hardship for me. And it's not often a conversation that women are having. And so I'm totally in to dive into it, even in this conversation, because I don't want anyone to carry shame connected to their sexuality, connected to their femininity, connected to the things that they've done, the people that they've been with, the things that they shouldn't have said or done or thought, even in this moment, even after being redeemed, because we know that our minds and our flesh are constantly in construct and that it's constantly in conflict with our spirit man. That's why we have to renew our mind every single day. Right. And so let, yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to any questions you have. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too, I want to touch on. This is dying. This is poison. And and that's why it's constantly wrestling and in conflict. And, you know, and I I believe that uh, we are waking up and I try to use that word carefully. Um, And I know that you've noticed you're like all over social media that we are in a culture where people are not are just like this is surface. And what I have found in listening to other women is there's a lot of trust issues. People want authenticity. They want real. And it's not talked about. I mean, the fact that you came out like that immediately is is powerful and it's amazing. And like it doesn't affect your identity struggling with those things. No, and I think no. mix those things up a little bit. Like, have you noticed that? And if you, and I would love, love, love for you to touch on that. Um, and I believe it's also like a little bit in your book where we talk about like, there is the culture aspect of like, we're mixing in these issues with who we are. And so as a Christian, we don't want to talk about those things because we're supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be all together. We're not supposed to feel, we're not supposed to struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts and lust and and confusion in our sexuality. We're not supposed to. So then guess what? That gives us a place of isolation. In reality, God's like, um, I don't change. I live within you. Like your confidence isn't based off circumstance. You know, like it's good to feel Jesus felt Jesus wept. I try to like, I, I encourage people in that, like, yo, like it's, it's feeling, it doesn't, I, it doesn't take away from your worth. 
Right. And your emotions are actually really important, critical elements to the intelligence of what's the next action, right? Like this is the element of emotional intelligence connected to how are you reacting quickly? What are those reactions looking like versus being able to sit with self, understanding and dissecting, communicating with your own emotions and then responding. So reaction versus response is so powerful in the way that we show up as women because we often will shame ourselves or people will shame us into, oh, they're so emotional or, oh, we're, we're on our period this week. So stay away from so-and-so, right? Or we, yeah. we put these like these phrased taglines. She's a crybaby. She's such a sissy, right? Like these words are, are actually really painful towards us living out our full identities as emotional beings that God gifted us to be. And that's why I, I have a course called Fierce Femininity. And it literally is like, let's actually harbor those emotions, understand them, and then present them in a way that creates us as the warriors, as the Esters that we are. Mm. That if Esther didn't have her emotions, she would have never done the thing that she did. And and guys generally don't even think or consider those pieces because they're just going off of, um, you know, what is the right next step to do, right? And they're just doing it based on on whims sometimes, but not based on emotion. And so there's a huge difference. And I want us to own that as why we are as beautiful as we are. Yeah, emotions are good. And they're, and they're, and we're afraid of them. And, you know, like people are afraid, like we're not supposed to. And I think that, and um, maybe you touched on that a little bit. I, I also don't think it's culture, but maybe a little bit of childhood trauma. Oh, like I think, sure. like, would you, I don't know if you've experienced yeah. this, but like you're, when you're a child, the way we grew up, your feelings aren't valid. Like yep. doesn't you're ask to be the good girl. You're not like, yep. No crying. If you're a boy, no crying in baseball. Right. It's like, these are rules that are literally like put over top of us. And so it's a huge way that my husband and I parent now is if our son or our daughter, and it's such a joy to be able to have both and be able to understand and navigate emotions with them and Mm. to, to raise them in the way that their emotions are actually a weapon and in a good way. And so for them to be able to understand why they feel that way and then for us to be able to activate thereafter versus let's suppress it and call you to do the thing that is actually the antithesis of how you feel, right? Stop crying, go in there and do it anyway. Stop crying yeah. and, and get in and play the sport. You know, stop crying and get to school. You got to go. It's not a choice. Yeah. You know, and why, why frustrate and conflict what is already a huge conflict in that little child. And so childhood trauma for me was massive. And I'll I'll be honest, Ashley, a part of my shame story was connected to abuse, a childhood sexual abuse that occurred when I was three. And it was something that I had suppressed so much. There's actually like a clinical suppression mechanism that we as children do in order to be able to to operate. And so I literally did not remember these memories. I'm 29 years old at this point. I'm having what I call my, my quarter life crisis, my tombstone moment. I am about to lose it all based on actions, based on integrity, based on my marriage and my motherhood journey at the time. I was running two different businesses as a CEO. And so I was working 70 hours a week. Talk about hustle heart. Talk about wearing a mask. Talk about operating in my Enneagram three in the most negative places ever, right? I was freaking good at that part. Okay. Listen to this girl. Like I literally was about to do that. Like 
That's where I thought, because I always tell people this, that if I didn't have Jesus, I'd probably be a narcissist. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 I I've lived it. So I'm right there, man. Are like, I'm so sorry. Like, well, I want, I know you're like victorious and like, you're not in that shame anymore, but oh my gosh, that's where it starts. Uh Uh-huh. And this is the thing. Like, this is where a lot of people don't realize that there are those root, root, root elements. Because if you had asked me when I was 29, like, what's going on? What's wrong? Why are you acting this way? Why are you utilizing these? I, I honestly wouldn't have been able to pinpoint it. And it was through therapy, which I'm a huge advocate of mental health, even though I'm a Christian. It was also through an encounter with the Lord in my living room. And so it was a combination effort while also going to a worship school while also letting go of titles. I mean, it was one of those wrecking ball seasons that had me on my knees in so many ways. And when I realized that every element of not only my, my childlike years, my adolescent years, my teenage years, my young adult years, even as a young wife and mom, all of these things had cycled to this moment. And that is where I feel like a lot of people who are listening even to this podcast have found themselves. They're in this rat wheel. They're feeling like I have no joy. They're completely starved for actual love. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They are all up in their emotions and they feel completely isolated. And that's why I stand up every single day to speak. That's why I breathe. Yeah. Always becoming like I, I, I love when you are like speaking truth and you talk about justification and just really reflecting like on who you are, because we do see a lot of highlight reel. We see a lot of wins, like from your own personal journey, like really, especially with the cover up, you know, like covering up the shame, like how did you, I mean, honestly, I would love for you to touch on like how you came about that really powerful, vulnerable revelation and how freeing that was like, like how confident, yeah. like I take a big, I take a deep breath because I mean, that I is love like- the freedom. I love the confidence. It's been cultivated arm in arm, hand in hand, heart in heart with the Lord since that time, because to me, and I have this conversation connected to my mission statement, which is to obliterate shame and activate purpose mainly in women, but I definitely have served men in lots of different ways as well, but obliterating shame. And I had a friend ask me who's a TEDx speaker and and motivational um, coach. He's incredible. His name is Daryl Stinson. He's actually writing the foreword to the Joyful Entrepreneur book. So you'll get to know him a bit. But he said, do you really think that you can obliterate shame? And I sat there for a minute and I was like, hold up. Don't question me. I'm the business coach. I'm the one who sets this mission statement vision. So this is my job. This is what I do. And I processed, wait, what's happening? I ended up processing it for almost a week. And I knew the answer immediately was no. On this side of heaven, we are going to face triggers. We're going to face questions where you feel like, Ooh, I got to take a deep breath to answer that one. And shame is going to try and creep back in because that is the enemy's tactic of lying. It's also our inability, like you said before, from our flesh that is dying. So we're in conflict. But I want so deeply, and it's why I wrote the book, I want people to understand that it is possible. It is possible for us to eradicate shame day by day by day. No different than addiction, right? I've dealt with many 
different genres of addiction and so have a lot of other people, but they just say it's drugs and alcohol and that's not it. There's shopping addictions, there's sex addictions, there's social media addictions, there's suppression, like there's food, absolutely, even fitness, right? Which is what Fit in Faith was originally premised off of because of the mind and the body piece of what I was doing. I was young and I was capable and I hosted nutrition and physical training exercises. I was a trainer, so I worked in the gym and everything was exteriorly driven. I had the American dream. I had the highlight reel before highlight reels were a thing. And yet I was depraved of love. I was depraved of intimacy. I actually didn't even know how to communicate with my own husband at that time. And no one would have known that. I didn't really even know it. So when I talk about wearing a mask and I talk about just being happy, it's a revelation that occurs based on a multitude of circumstances where you start to uncover bit by bit what's actually going on and where did this start? And so for me, it was through therapy. Through me, it was through those times of just being in church before the Lord and hearing other people actually be vulnerable for the very first time. I had to go to an entire other city for three years to go to church because I, first off, couldn't stand the white American, hands in pocket, hymnal. We just smile and say hello and hug each other every day. There was no tears, no altar calls. Worship was a, a worship concert, not a worship experience where Ooh. you are worshiping, Ooh. right? Yeah. So I just had to bear all. I had to get to the place, even with my husband, to say, this is the, this is the grime. This is the guts. This is all the things I didn't tell you before we got married. And then in the midst of reading a book that was given to me by my therapist, Chapter three, I remember exactly where I was. I fell to my knees when I had the revelation and the remembrance of all of the memories associated to that abuse. That didn't just happen one time. It happened over and over again. The child was actually uh, a man's size, but about 13 years old. He had a mental handicap. So there goes the root element of shame. How does a little girl who everyone already knows this child is handicapped. Is it my fault? Did I do this? And how do I even discuss this as an adult? I didn't have words for it. Then I got exposed to pornography very early when I was six years old playing hide and seek. And that was always my hiding spot. Then enter AOL dial-up internet. And that was cyber sex world. I mean, 17 magazine, MTV music videos, the list goes on for our generation of women. And so we've been in constant battle towards our sexuality since I was born. And it's still happening every single day. And so that's really where like a multitude of ways that it was me just bearing my soul and bearing what I know now to be the most beautiful elements of my testimony that are the most broken. You just unpacked a lot there. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I want to wait. I want to. Okay. So I want to go back a little bit. I actually didn't tell my husband about my full testimony till after we were married too. Wow. What was his reaction? He was on his knees. He was in fetal position. He was oh, unsure, like unsure. How could you not be unsure of your yes? Right. And, and meanwhile, we have two babies at this point who are two and one. And so he loves me. He, he loves the idea of me, but he doesn't actually even know me. Know me. 
And I didn't know myself. I really had no idea who I was. No clue. I looked in the mirror. Yeah. I got ready for everyone else. I did everything for everyone else. You I knew what to do. Know. You knew how to fit the mold. And here, yep. I want to I want to go back with that because I, girl, mm, girl, this is so good. <laughs> that church, that church that you were talking about, you mm. knew the facade because you played the facade. So true. Oh, that gave me chills. You're so true. So like, right. And I believe God is using that something that we used, like, think about Paul. Like when I think about your story, I think immediately about Paul because he was a freaking murderer of Christians. He wrote half the, you know, new Testament, but like his passion, like he had this anger, this hate, right? He had this mission. God took the same passion and anger and, and wisdom and he used it for glory. And I think that's what makes the enemy Mm -hmm. hate God even more so because God takes that. And I mean, he uses it. Like we're not talking about shallow testimony, glory to God transformation. We're talking no, about no. This was about to kill me. And now yep. it's using to help other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so neat that like, even though entrepreneurship was an element of that and I get to help other people like start businesses, I do it only premised on their testimony. So people come all the time with good ideas and I'm like, but where's God in that? And I will not partner with people who are in a place of just saying, this is a good idea and I want to make money that I can start that business. I could a hundred percent do it. I did it over and over and over again in my twenties. I refuse. I'm like, where's kingdom? How are you supporting the kingdom? How are we together in this? Because if I'm partnering with you, my team is connected to this. Our mission is connected to this. We want to see you thrive. We want to see you survive. But the only way that's going to happen is if God is getting the glory every single minute that you open your mouth. Really getting the glory. Uh, Yeah. You know Not just that. Amen. You know this industry. And you know that like we you people use God but really it's about themselves. It's a profound to them, them, them. It reflects on them. The agenda is to make money and they use the whole God card. And and that's, it's dangerous. Like you'll probably get the money and the popularity. I mean, I have been presented with the test. For sure. And the reality is, is I would rather be unpopular and glorify God and stand before him when the time comes, because it's coming. Yep. And for him to tell me that I used my platform and everything that I was, all my testimony to glorify him, to bring others to his transformation and not to myself. Unfollow me, Ashley. Unfollow, Unfollow me. me. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. And this is where people need to hear like really loud and clear that the element of me sharing my testimony, sharing those shame elements was so hard. When I release this book and you're going to have this moment here soon where that morning I was of course excited. Like I woke up like, ah, today's the day it's coming out. And I was on clubhouse at the moment. It was five in the morning and they were like, Tamara, today's your book day. Like, tell us how you feel. And even years after, and us even starting this conversation connected to emotions and my own awareness, I hadn't actually processed. How do I feel? It was three years in the making. Every single writing retreat that I took, I was a bawling mess because I was in the process of healing as I was writing yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't release it until God told me it is finished. 
And oh. I felt like I was going to be completely sound, not only individually, my business would be sound, but my marriage was solid. And no one anyone said as I shared our story was going to affect the love that we had established, the communication that we had established, and God's literal angel armies around us because this home, this foundation matters more than any book sale, more than more any than business any, yeah. growth. I do not care. I do not care. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if only one person bought the book, which wasn't the case, but if that was the case, and that book was me, okay. that book was me. That was enough. God got so much yes. work done through me by yes. writing my story. And you've kept that mission. Like it is so important, like to keep, be aware of that. I believe that's yeah. where God's like, be aware, be on guard like watch out for the line. like he's you know the devil like that in itself like just this is the mission this is the mission this and and i can relate in the healing aspect that is i i find vulnerability to be mm. necessary yep. not even that like beneficial no it's a necessity like it really is for you to heal um and and going back with the your husband i know i was like immediately this is what I want to touch on too like and I want to get on the podcast I'm just trying to go you know there's so much I know I love it I love but Part I love it two. yeah <laughs> but uh when you were talking about your husband like I know for me like I was like immediately like what is what is he gonna think is he gonna love me that was a revelation for me that like oh wow I care I have put up a facade and I didn't even know I put up a facade right. and I didn't even know that like I was see people seeking. And, yeah. and here's the thing. I want to touch on that with you because now that you're aware and you went through this healing process, like we throw around the word self-sabotage, self-worth, identity, mask. We throw around those words, assuming that these people are aware of these issues when they're not. So I know for me, when I like just, I released an episode about self-worth will save your life. I broke down what that meant. I broke down what self-sabotage meant. I broke down being fake because you don't know. I didn't know I was sabotaging my own life. So good. So good. Right. Like even then, like, and, and I think, and I, here's the thing on sexuality that you were talking about. Like when you touched on that, like, again, we have such a similar testimony. Um, and I don't want to make this about me, but culturally, um, I was so attracted to girls. I was in a lesbian relationship for three and a half years. Um, and let me tell you something. I was attracted. I was exposed to porn at a really young age and I was very attracted to females. I'm still like, I feel that, but I always tell people because they meet, if you don't know who you are, you immediately are like, that's me. I'm gay. I'm a lesbian, whatever. But the reality is, is you have this. Okay. Yep. We all are, we all have sexual attraction and exposure. Um, and it could come down to some identity issues, but it, again, with you already with your children, like, Hey, this is how you feel. This is your emotion. These are all normal things. You're giving them the ability and like the tools they need to, to recognize that rather than we didn't have that. No. So we isolated that. So good. Right. And so Absolutely. I'm like, I go into that community and I'm like, look, like girl, I girl on girl, girl porn was for me. That yeah. was, that was my outlet. Like, and I was like, I thought that I was full on lesbian, but I knew deep down inside I wasn't, I just felt accepted, approved, like, and I felt safe. 
Right. And that safety element is one of the hugest elements that I have found in uncovering those conversations with people who are in juxtaposition with their spirit and their flesh. And they question it every single day. And so if they, as as an individual entity, have that conflict, that goes to show me that there's something more, has nothing to do with society, of what is righteous and what is flesh-driven. And what is conviction and surrender and what is not. And so I think that it's so valuable to have these open conversations where people can see themselves in it and they can raise their hand to say, oh yeah, I did that. I mean, I was making out with girls in college just for show. It was, it was to show, but I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but it was so crazy to think back on those scenarios that were ultimately connected to those porn magazines, that original sex and shame scenario. And people don't know that they don't know that it's connected to that. No, they don't. They really don't. And of course women are beautiful. Like we're meant to be beautiful. Yeah. And that's literally an element that has been completely thrown back in our face as a, a way and a play in which we're supposed to show up as, and that's it. And yet we are been diminished over and over again, but it goes back to the, the heart of what you're saying to safety, because safety is why we are supposed to run to our father. And we live in a fatherless nation, whether your daddy was in it or not. I had a dad who was in the military, so he was gone a lot of the times. And so it's like, I love him. He was amazing. But then he became, as a teenager, completely unconnectable because he then had PTSD. He then had depression. He then has alcoholic issues because of everything he went through in the military And what does that leave me? Where does that leave me? The only thing that he would tell me all the time, and I'm so conscientious of it for my own daughter, is you're beautiful. And when I was dressed up, you look beautiful. And if beauty is the only thing that we're known for or capable of, of course, we're going to act out of our flesh to, to, to accomplish what it is that we're being called out to do. And so the three things, when I had that encounter in the living room with the Lord that I mentioned earlier, the three things that he said to me before I ever came out to my husband about everything that had transpired prior to, he said, I, you are fully seen, you are fully known, and the word still, and I still love you, broke me. And I, I just never thought that I could be fully seen and fully known and still loved. And that is safety. That is knowing. And my husband knows everything about me at this point in my life. He knows when I'm feeling something before I say that I'm feeling it. He And now, only because we have done exercises where we sit knee to knee, Ashley, and only one person is allowed to talk for 20 minutes while they tell a childhood trauma story or a story of even joy that the other person has never heard before. You're not allowed to comment. You're not allowed to affirm. You have to go to bed on that silence. And the next day, the next person gets 20 minutes to talk to that person about what they heard. And then the next day, you come together for a back and forth conversation. This was in the midst of turmoil in my life. And so to practice that vulnerability not just with myself, but with my husband, a person who I wanted deeply to love me. And I did love, but I didn't even know the extent of what love meant. Right. Was so raw and real that when I talk on a podcast or I share it with somebody now, I'm like, 
I, I can tell you, you want to know it? I'll tell you all the things. Say all the things. But I want women to know that there is potential, there is possibility, there is hope, and there is so much safety, even in your spouse potential, whether your spouse is that person now or not, even in your spouse, because God puts you guys together with purpose. And so I want people to explore what that relationship looks like, shame aside, shame obliterated so that you can actually fully love and be safe and known in your relationship with your husband. You're going to write about this in your new book, right? (laughs) I I sure should. (laughs) I'm going to actually, we're doing a marriage retreat next year. And so that's going to be the the opening casket of of this whole entire thing and he's ready he's now ready to help mentor men as well so it's pretty rad amazing yeah like do we have a date like we don't have a date we don't have a date but it will be out of the country because we're travel bugs and we love to take people into full cultural change Yeah. yeah let's go so you with this new book okay the joyful entrepreneur you have like 20 authors that are writing stories like, oh my gosh, I am so excited about that. When you told me that, tell me a little bit more about like the concept, because it's a series, like it is one book. Yeah. So think like chicken soul, like chicken soup for the soul and all of the different elements of that. This is going to be the joyful entrepreneur because that name alone piques curiosity to me because it's so rare. Um, This specific one is about the power, the principles and the presence of God in our businesses. So it's insider's secrets of business and faith and what it looks like to actually blend and be in our faith-driven entrepreneurship realm, in our mission, and also activate in prosperity connected to our business. So the testimonies are literal resource opportunities for us to say, oh yeah, I'm taking that and applying it. And it's based in questions. So you're not just reading a bunch of chapters. It's like question by question. Um, It's going to really change people's lives because there are crazy stories out there, y'all. This story is, I feel like just scratching the surface to some of the truth elements. It just scratches the surface to biblical stories, right? Like my story is no different. My story has, you know, the same amount of shame, more shame, whatever you want to say from a comparison perspective, but they're out there. And I am so honored to stand along people who are willing to be vulnerable and also know that joy stands on the other side of that vulnerability. Oh my God. It's phenomenal. It's honestly really brilliant. And I know you have a date like in October when that's going to be right. Yeah, you know, you know, (laughs) so that's out October 4th. And then the book launch party will be in November at the grow your business for God's sake conference that I host annually. Yeah, I'm gonna probably have to just make you gotta just episode come. up. I agree. <laughs> um, because that like not only do I want it selfishly, okay, but I want other women like yeah. to have I mean that in its power principle, holy I've never heard that. That is his presence. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how many people like we live in an entrepreneur culture? And that's oh, cool. Yeah. But like we just talked about like how he's not present in a lot of this and they use mm-hmm. it but he's not, but people need that. They are deconstructing, reconstructing. They need to know how do I really truly like run my business in doing so with the glory of God. 
Yeah. So, so, so good. Well, and you think of all of his principles, like the, even just the principle of multiplication, which is talked about so many times in old and new Testament and people want to be, I think of that song back in the day. I want to be a millionaire. So bad. bad. Right. I love that song. Me and my brother used to sing it all the time. He's also an entrepreneur. My sister's an entrepreneur. My mom was an entrepreneur. So I've been in this world for a long time. And I think about that and every Everyone now, even my children are like, what does it mean to be rich? Are we rich? And they're processing it, right? Which is fine. But the multiplication factor connected to the Holy Spirit, connected to God is trans. I mean, just literally, I, what is the word I even want to say? It is so much more transformational as an individual entity to feel. What if it, you could experience wealth through the fruits of the Spirit in a multiplication? What if you knew love in a multiplied element than where you are now? What if you knew goodness, multiplied goodness? Don't we need that in our education system? Yeah. Don't we need yeah. that in our political system? Yeah. And that's where joy and peace, like all of us want peace. People the are fruit. seeking out peace and all of that is connected. And this is actually why you are, if people want to say you're successful or why I am successful, yeah. it's only connected because they see our fruit and they want in on that. And so you might see false fruit that when you get into the midst of that vine, you realize that it's not good for you. There's Rotten. no sustenance. It's dead. And you, everything that you apply from their teaching doesn't work. You I've and been I have been there. there. Girl. <laughs> been there. And yeah. I just want, I, I want to bear witness to the fact that we've been there. So first off that there's other people who have sat in that place with you before. And then to know again, that there is hope on the other side of it. And there is actually a community, a kingdom of people who are existing here on earth to see you glorify God in your story and to see the prosperity and abundance come to fullness of the multiplication factor that God has promised for you. Really want to see you. Not, really? not saying to see you for their benefit, but they want to see you for his benefit. Yes. Girl, yes. yes. If anybody gets in your way as a sister, <laughs> I'm going army. Like, oh, and not, that is like, the thing. I, you got a thing. Like, I'm like, stay out of her way. Like, mm. girl, it is absolutely powerful, which is probably Miss Entrepreneur, the fit podcast. Uh, I'm curious because you said we talked about addiction. And as soon as you said, uh, you were talking about fitness, fit and faith yep. podcast. Um, it's like amazing. It's really, it's the top like two, 1% podcast. Um, I immediately, when I thought fit and faith, I'm, I was curious. Cause that's, I don't get the fit thing. Like you're girl, you look good, but like, <laughs> I know your, you know, I know your message and your mission mission. I'm like, what is she doing? So I am absolutely intrigued when you talk about addiction and fitness addiction and how that really brought you into the fit and faith podcast. And I'm like, tell me more. Yes. You so know, it's a problem. I, it is. It's such a problem. I need to know this girl. Oh, so in my young twenties, um, and honestly forever, my, my parents were both athletes. They were both like original golds, gym rats back in the day in California, which is now one life fitness. If you're familiar with one life, um, they, they brought cool. fitness to the East coast in Virginia. They're both marathon runners. They're lifters. They're 
freaking awesome. And so I was a gymnast for 16 years and gymnastics connected to your physical fitness, plus all the other stuff that I was telling you was happening in the shadows of my life. My body was my, my vessel. In, but this is before I knew vessel as what God calls it to be a vessel. And so I was very conscientious of how I looked and how I operated in my body. I was a really good dancer. So there was that element of sexuality connected to that. I then after school, I was a business major. I knew immediately I was going to go into business and we started businesses right out of school. But I also was a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And my clients were all in their mid forties and fifties. Now I had no relatability at this point, obviously <laughs> I had never had kids. And so my body didn't look like theirs. I, I had never gone through menopause. So my body didn't look like theirs. I'm this young girl. And meanwhile, I'm telling them like, oh, you're so beautiful. You can be confident. Let's get your tummy tight. Right. It's crazy. Now it wasn't <laughs> it just a lot. <laughs> I, I know, but that that is an unrealistic element and it is where people put so much of their emphasis. They're willing to put money towards a personal trainer, but they're not willing to do it for mental health. They're willing to put it towards their Botox and their brows and their hair, but they're not willing to put it towards their spirit man. Yeah. And this is literally a catastrophic scenario that's going to explode in yeah. the world. And I'm afraid to see, and I'm not anti-Botox, I'm not anti-personal trainer. No, I know, yeah, it's just a lot of surface. Like, it's, it's just focusing crazy. A, girl, I wish I could tell you the new title of my book. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so what happened was when I went through all of this revelation and this massive tombstone moment of recognizing that I'm not going to have entrepreneur on my gravestone. Okay. I'm a bad to the bone businesswoman, Ooh. but that ain't going to be there. Ooh. I want to be a killer wife. I want to be an amazing, loving mom. And I want to be a child of God that precedes both of those places. I am his first. It's actually tattooed on my ring finger. God got me first. Then my husband gets me. And that is way more important to me. And so at that time though, because of the gross amounts of shame that I was carrying, I couldn't look myself in the mirror. And so I literally brushed my teeth in my bedroom, not in front of the mirror for about 30 days. And when I finally came back into like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more, I'm fully seen, I'm fully known, I'm, and I'm still loved. I'm able to actually have conversations a bit with my therapist. I'm recognizing that my husband is not leaving me. My anxiety and my suicidal ideation is, is, is slowly diminishing. I still I couldn't that. look men in the eyes for about two years. Mm -hmm. And my body though was used to be very focused oriented. I had a really hard time working out one because I was going to a gym that the music is, is horrendous. What we listen to in our ears is just as raunchy and nasty as the pornography magazines that I was watching and looking yes. at when I was little. They're horrible. And I know every single word to every single one of them because I hung out in the clubs, right? So apple bottom jeans, you know, I, I can do it, right? Her. Girl, I can't even go back when I was like, like Tupac, like still, yes. this is me, okay. So I'm there and I'm like, what am I doing this for? I, I cannot focus. I'm like trying to be a good baby Christian. I'm like, Jesus, 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 I can still work out. I can still be in this space. And it was really difficult. It was difficult for me to understand, okay, if my body's a vessel, if my body is a vessel and I am female, what does a vessel for Christ look like, not a vessel for the glory of man? Ooh. What does that look like? And how Ooh. will I 
feel in my body? How will I feel in my body? Not what will I look like? Not what will my pants fit like? What will my scale look like? How will I feel? And if I want to be a freaking army warrior, like we are just talking about, like we are on the front lines of his calling, of his mission, I've got to be strong. I've got to have endurance. I've got to have resilience. I've got to know that anything that I can come up against, I can run faster, think faster, be more agile. I want to play with my babies in the process. I want to have great sex with my husband in the process. I want to still dance for the glory of the Lord. I want to go running on the beach. I want to be able to travel and breathe in the process. I want to be fierce. And so when fit and faith evolved, I was still in the struggle of how do I do that? And it was mind, body, and soul alignment that I knew would be the key to my unlock and everything else God was calling me to do. I had to have them all connected. So mentally, I stopped going to those places where I couldn't listen to that music. I've literally been free of secular music for almost six years. I stopped drinking about three and a half years ago now. And I, I don't mean that in like prude. And I don't mean that I can't still no. go to a brewery with my friends. Right. But for me, my conviction, God calling me higher was don't go to those places. Don't listen to those things. Don't watch that yeah. stuff. Don't go to those movies. Don't do that because that is an, an immediate trigger towards your flesh that then has your mind in all the spaces it shouldn't be. And I don't want that to, for anybody in, who's listening to this show. Yeah. I love, love, love that you touched on that. I wrote it down just now. God calls you higher. Mm -hmm. And I believe, think about it. Like when we were baby Christians, that stuff didn't affect us. No, but God's like, Hey, I called you to this. We're going to stop a few things. Things that I'm convicted about now shows music environments, Mm -hmm. songs a couple years ago. I wasn't even thinking about them. And I was all up in the church and feeling the spirit. But God now is like, no, things I've subscriptions I've had to cancel. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm just like, a part of me was wrestling with that. That's how I knew it was a problem too. Mm-hmm. Like, You're not willing to release know. it. Yeah. That's how you know. That's the discernment and the conviction, by, by mm-hmm. the way, right? Like when you agree, like, you want to know if God wants you to stop something. The fact that you don't, he does. Yep every single that time. That sucks, man. Like that's <laughs> being real that like, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to stop it, God. But that in itself is like, that's how much power it has over me. Yep. And I think there is an element and I'm just going to get real, real here real quick. Um, as I have been the whole time, but it, that's connected to masturbation. That's connected yes. to shopping. Are you addicted to Amazon more than you are addicted to getting t- in the word? Like I, I want to know those things. When I you're mean, sad, people- what do you go do? A hundred percent. Do you eat? I was definitely addicted to food and sugars, right? Or you go work out and you're like, oh, well, this is healthy. So I'm going to go work out and I'm going to be really, really, really healthy. And then that's, it's good for me. No, like we should be running to our face. Face. Come on. Now my sacred space and my husband knows is like, I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to go listen to worship music and I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. That's what fills us. Every morning I turn on worship music for my kids. Yes, we're like the when they're cranky and yep. <laughs> want to expose them at that age. Yes. But like, you know, like when they're cranky, you know, it's the morning. I have a teenager now. I turn on worship music and I'm like, this is, this is what you need to do. 
Okay. We're doing it for the Lord. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Let's reset. I, I, oh my gosh, it's been so great to have you. I I believe I want to have you back on. Uh, I am so excited. Would you tell everybody where to find you? Fit and Faith podcast. You have a book coming out called The Joyful Entrepreneur. It'll be out in October. I'm most likely going to share this just between me and you, like in October, just kind of put it up there. Um, and then you have a book already, bestseller, always becoming. You get really raw, you get really real and relatable, which brings them to the father. Uh, I just absolutely love you. I'm so honored to have you on here. And it's just Absolutely. Just from a personal level, it's beautiful because I was always drawn to you. Like I, you know, like for me and just how God brought us together and the similar mission, um, cancel the competition, right? Walk in the confidence for your calling in Christ. And I just love how he has done that here in sisterhood because I'm already, I'm like fighting for you. I'm like, if anybody gets in the way of what God is doing in her girl, you call me right now. Like I will, I will, I will. get them out of the way. Like I'm like, okay. let's go. And guys, I'm so excited because she'll be on my podcast soon too. So we're going to, we're going to do a swap and you guys are going to get to have her in the hot seat and truly tune in. Cause I I'm excited as we're obviously have so much symmetry in what has transpired in our lives, but also the call on our lives. And yeah. that's why I know it's God. And this is why it's so beautiful to be in that space of confidently and, and bolstering somebody else's calling because it's all connected and it all has reciprocation. And God is like, he's so up in it when there is so much symmetry in the messaging. And so don't, don't stop that. Let him do his thing and see what happens. And so you guys can hang out with me on Instagram. I've got my TikTok rolling now. It's not like Ashley's, but I'm working on it. Oh, you are good. You are killing it. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, I, I love to actually DM with people and, and voice memo with people on Instagram. So surely reach out. I, we actually have our own app. It's called the Fit in Faith Network app. And it's got a ton of free resources on there for women. And there's courses that come out every single month. Um, so there's an additional S aspect of that. But joyful entrepreneurship is my jam. So it was as you were listening, if you're like, I don't just have a good idea. I've got a God idea. And I want to put it all on the line. I help publish books. I help make your podcast. I do a ton. It's so much fun. And I I just do it for him because at the end of the day, like it could all go away. And if my legacy is just in this shame story and this podcast, I've done my work today and I can go to sleep peacefully knowing well done, my good and faithful servant. I've used my body as a vessel in this moment. And you as a listener are doing the exact same thing by fueling your mind with Ashley's podcast and understanding all of these different layers that she teaches you. It will help you transform. He is the ultimate transformer, but she's literally giving you access to how he transformed her. And that is vulnerability in the best kind of way, because you can sink your teeth into that truth. And that's just uh, literally the sprinkles on the top, because there's so much more sweetness for you when you get into the word and you get into the Holy Spirit presence. So good. Ashley, you're incredible. Thanks for having me. You're you're incredible. I have to ask you a random question. Okay. I'm over here about to cry. Just like. Just because I love Jesus and it's just like, I feel the mission so passionately. Uh, And so I'm just like, yes, I really (laughs) want you guys to know Jesus the way we do. It's It's so fast. It is. Um, But really quick, 
you don't watch a lot of TV, but what are you watching anything? Do you have a favorite movie? Like what, yes. is, what is something that is like super fun where you just are in it? Like you just do it. Like, so is- I got, I have to be honest, like literally even like Netflix and all of that, I really don't watch it, but two things that I got so into, and I can't wait for the next season to come out of the chosen, which is like such a Christian response. Right. But I never seen the Bible brought to life in this way. I mean, right. it's freaking awesome. It's right. so, so It always good. gives me goosebumps every time. Oh, every time and then right? I'll say from a mama's perspective, because I do watch like stuff with the kids and this is kind of our rule. They're allowed to watch anything with animals and nature, anything that's cooking oriented and anything that's athletic or science. So in any of those shows, like we watch American Ninja Warrior together as a family. We'll watch we some of the big shows <laughs> together as a family. But one that we love on the way to school is Superbook, which is broadcasted by CBN. And it is such a good show for the kids because right before they go to school, they get to see a real world scenario unfold and then it premises it in the biblical story. And it's a cartoon, but my kids are seven and nine and they They absolutely love it. it. We have all like the, when it was like the movie series, like the, my son was watching it three years old. We love Oh my gosh. I didn't even know about it. Like a couple years ago, someone introduced me to it. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, it is pretty great. Like, so it's, it's a Christian kind of response. It's not that I used to watch. I would say back in the day, if you asked Tamara that question, my husband and I used to watch The Bachelorette and The Bachelor, and he used to make me like charcuterie boards uh, with our Aww. budget charcuterie board, which was like ripping the cheese <laughs> and ripping the, the, the turkey and ham. Now our charcuteries look a lot better. Thank you, Jesus, for the multiplication factor. But we do not watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. We make our own stories and, and our own date nights. And I used to better. watch that too and it just made me angry right <laughs> I was like well it's, it's so unrealistic it's not realized. so terrible <laughs> people just want to be famous so. yeah and sometimes that works but it's not intentional and there are it's some not. people I think is it Maddie Prue is that the gal who was on it is that the yeah. do you follow her no oh, oh. Uh, the Christian yeah the, the yeah. Christian see oh. The, well, you know what I'm saying. Well, she was very like most one of I the know. most boldest Christians on that show. I know. So like, I follow that her. Claim, you know, God don't really talk about it, but she was like, she's a preacher. She's I mean, all she up was, in the mission she was of the Lord, telling the truth, man. Yeah. yeah, like, and she's like a basketball, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's, it's rad that that's there, but I agree that let's, let's stay in the realistic elements of our faith, not our flesh. And that is a flesh show. So faith y'all elements of our faith, not our flesh. Mm. So good. Love you so much, Ashley. Thank you for this time. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. 
We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to. And I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.